0: We have the unique privilege today to get to, get to see the, the the conclusion, as it were, the results of ministry that was well spent in Hungary. And um, I'm going to warn you now that uh, if you don't want to be a missionary, then you should probably leave the service now because uh, Alex is going to put pressure on you. But it's a challenge that um, that is a good challenge to to be reminded of why God called us to himself. He called us to himself for a mission, for a purpose, and that is to be a representative of the gospel, a portrait of Jesus Christ to the world around us. And so um, you need to be a missionary wherever you are, and that's kind of the challenge that we'll be faced with uh, today. It's great to have Alex and Pam here together with us. Um, They met in 1971, got married in 1972, so a little over 50 years ago, they celebrated They celebrated uh, their 50th anniversary last year, so it's good to have you with us. You have three kids and three grandkids. Uh, one of their kids is in California, one in New York, and one living in Hungary with them. Alex, you've been a faithful, both of you have been faithful in serving Jesus, word of life hungry. And, and Maranatha has had the joy of partnering with them since 1990, so a little over 30 years, this church has been vested in that ministry. And um, what a joy it is now to look at the ministry in the rearview mirror, as it were, to see what God has accomplished through his people, faithful prayers, faithful investment, and a faithful service. Thank you for this challenge. Well, thank you, Pastor,
1: so much for your kind words and your open heart and open pulpit. Um, Sunday morning pulpit for a pastor is absolutely key. It's the primary time when he feeds the flock, and your pastor has given that up for us, which says something about his commitment to missions and desire for the gospel to go to the ends of the earth. And we thank you so much. It is good for us. It is just a joy, and it is good for us to be here. Of course, at my age, it's good for me to be anywhere, you know. But um, we have about uh, 21 supporting churches, and um, we love them all. There are some that just, in a special way, have resonated in our hearts over the years, and this is one of them. I tell you, we love Maranatha Baptist Church and I am just so excited to see what's going on here. Listen to some of the stories and the testimonies after the first service. I've got to tell you something and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. If Pam and I lived in the greater Columbus area, this would be our home church right here. So if anybody's looking for a good church with people that love the Lord and love Christ and have a burden to express that, character of Christ and love for him to others, and hear and understand what God's word says, what his will is for our lives, you've come to the right place. And Pastor did not pay me or give me a bonus for saying that, because we're retiring at the end of July, so we don't have a vested interest, you know. Um, But seriously, we came here today and asked for this time uh, to say thank you and to tell you... What God has done through you and through us together in a partnership that started more than 30 years ago. Um, Yes, we are saying goodbye in a sense because at the end of July, we will officially retire from being missionaries with Word of Life, not retiring from being with the Lord's work. There are other things that we'll be doing uh, and we'll be living and continuing to live in Europe and in Hungary. Um, But this chapter will be coming to a close, and we felt it very, very important to personally come here, to personally tell you how much we love you, personally tell you thank you, and personally show you a little bit about what happens when you dream some dreams and you commit it to the Lord together and you just trust God for the result. Because by the time we're done today, I think you're going to be rather surprised to see the extent to which God has blessed his word through your faithfulness and our partnership over the years. I grew up in a world divided by communism. Some of you younger generation don't remember it. You've only studied about it. I lived through it, and I remember the Berlin Wall. This picture was taken in the 60s, two kids playing at the Berlin Wall, The Berlin Wall divided East and West Berlin, divided the free world from the communist world. It was a symbol and a cause of misery and suffering and death. It was a symbol of the division between East and West, a stark reminder. And then the situation in the 1980s began to thaw. And in the year 1987, Ronald Reagan stood before the Berlin Wall stood in front of the West German side of the Brandenburg Gate, and he made a speech that had a line that has become famous. He said this, Mr. Gorbachev, who was the head of the Soviet Union at the time, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And I remember here as a pastor at the time hearing that, and I listened to the commentators with their skepticism and their snickering, saying That'll happen no time soon. That only added problems. But much to the shock of just about everybody in 1989, at almost the very place where Ronald Reagan stood and made those statements, thousands of young people mainly, united east and west. The Berlin Wall was a relic of the past. Communism was assigned to the dustbin of history, and hundreds of millions of people that lived under that former regime without freedom of religion, freedom to proclaim the gospel, inhaled the air of freedom. It was unbelievable, really. Um, And Hungary was one of those nations that was behind the Iron Curtain, And it opened in the summer of 1989 with great celebration. The old symbols of communism were pulled down and a new era was celebrated. And with those events, God gave perhaps the greatest open door for the gospel in Europe since the days of the apostles. A great door of opportunity. It's very interesting that nearly 2,000 years before that, Paul, who was in Europe at the time, uh, wrote a letter to a church in Greece, part of Europe, in the city of Corinth, and I would like for you to turn to the 16th chapter of 1 Corinthians, the end of that letter, and we're going to read verses 8 and 9. 1 Corinthians 16, 8 and 9, Paul writes this. But I will tarry, I will remain in Ephesus, that's the city where he was at, in, until Pentecost, for a great and effective door has opened to me and there are many adversaries. In those words spoken by Paul and written to a European congregation nearly 2,000 years ago, we find four principles of open doors given by God, and those principles are as operative and true today, nearly 2,000 years later, as they were the day that Paul penned them under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, and because of that, I think it's good to wrap up our time together by visiting those principles once again. Actually, I shared those principles with you in 1990 when we first came here to share the work that God has laid on our hearts, and God worked together that we together would make a difference for the Lord Jesus Christ in that part of the world. We look forward at that time, we're kind of looking in the rearview mirror at this time, to see where those principles have led us. And they are important not only for missionaries, not only in Europe. They're important for Maranatha Baptist Church. They're important for us individually as believers in our own lives. They need to be put into operation. And so what are those principles? Principle number one, God gives open doors of opportunity to take the gospel to those who need to hear it. John 3:16 says for God loved the world so much he sent his only one and only only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and he wants all the world to know that good news how wonderful he is, how loving he is, how merciful he is, how gracious he is. So much so that he sent his own son to die as the substitute in our place, taking the punishment for our sins on the cross. And we know that Jesus was who he said he was and is who he says he is because he rose again from the dead and fulfilled it all. And it is our task to take that to the ends of the earth. It is our task to be global Christians And God gives open doors of opportunity to take that good news to those who need to hear it. Paul wrote and he said, a great door, a great effective door is open for me. Paul didn't open it. The Roman emperor didn't open it. The Ephesian hierarchy didn't open it. God opened it. When the wall came down in 1989, in the end, God used politicians. God used various things. But in the end, it was God who opened that door of opportunity for those hundreds of millions of people to hear the gospel who were living in countries where the gospel was restricted. Praise God for that. But that was not the entire process. Because you see, back in 1985... The countries that had formed the European Union, there's the flag of the European Union, 28 now, a little less then, uh, met together and they said, you know what, we need to have common borders. We need to have open borders between us. And they went to the town of Schengen in in, um, in Luxembourg. Who has been to Schengen in Luxembourg? (laughs) You've been to Schengen in Luxembourg? No, who knows where it is? Me too. I'm with you. Well, nobody knows, nobody probably cares, but that word is now used this way, the Schengen zone, because a treaty was signed opening the border between all of those countries that mutually agreed to certain things. And do you know what that means? That means you can travel from, for example, Hungary through Slovakia to the Czech Republic to Poland, Poland, across to Germany, all the way across from France and even into the UK before Brexit and never show your passport. You can travel just as easily between these countries all in the blue on the map as you can from traveling from Ohio to Pennsylvania to New York to Vermont. And why is that significant? Because that meant... The gospel could be taken freely and easily in a way that had not been possible for nearly 2,000 years. Now, in Hungary at that time, there was this castle. Sixty rooms, 78 acres of ground, was once the the country summer estate of a famous Hungarian aristocrat, taken over by the communists after the Second World War, changed. Ten buildings built on the property turned into a communist youth camp for an entire generation where young people were taught the glories of Marxism and Leninism. But in 1989, communism was in the process of falling, and they knew they were in trouble. And through a miracle of God, this property was given to word of life on a 10-year lease to have camps to proclaim the gospel without restrictions, freely. The price of the lease was every summer for 10 years. We were required by the then-communist government, which was in its final months, to take at least 400 400 kids out of Hungarian orphanages and homes and state homes and give them a free week at our camp. And... Well over a 1,000 of them came to know the Lord Jesus Christ in the next decade. And then it was purchased to the glory of God, and amazing things happened. My wife Pam and I were pastoring in South Bend, Indiana when God called us in 1990 to join that for the purpose of helping especially to start a Bible institute. We left there with three teenage kids, went, we raised support, And we left with the call of God, um, the prayers of God's people, the partnership of churches like Maranatha Baptist Church, and frankly, a pocket full of dreams and an empty castle. And we began to work, and God began to work because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And what happened exceeded our wildest dreams. In Hungary... Up to this time, more than 32,000 Hungarian kids and teens have gone through that camp in the summer camps alone. 32,000 of them. And about 13,000 of those 32,000 have made an open public profession of faith in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Amazing. Yeah, all right. We're alive. Okay. The Bible Institute did start, and more than 1,000 Bible school students have gone through that school. Uh, They're serving on virtually every continent of the world. They have come from over 50 countries. Um, Abigail is a graduate of that school, and um, there are others that are going to some of our other Word of Life schools from this church, and they are reaching people all over the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have one in Japan, for example, that is teaching English as a second language near Tokyo and shares the gospel with their girls and is able to lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ. And beyond that, tens of thousands have been reached in Hungary through various ways and through various means. But it wasn't just about Hungary. And God enlarged our borders together because we reached throughout that Schengen zone into Europe. Word of Life is now in 18 countries of Europe officially, unofficially, and a number of others. And on a given summer, over 10,000 European young people are at a Word of Life camp somewhere in, in Europe. And they are hearing the gospel clearly, the good news that we share They are given the opportunity to commit their lives fully to Jesus Christ and walk with him. About 40% of the young people that come to those camps make an open public decision for Christ. So please don't lecture me and tell me about the fact that Europe is spiritually dead. Far from true. Because God is at work reaching a new generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And friends, that is crucially important because you realize Christianity is only one generation away from extinction in any country or any continent. All it takes is one generation to completely and fully close their mouths, keep the gospel to themselves, and die off. And there are no Christians, humanly speaking. Praise God. God is doing a work in Europe, and many wonderful things are happening. And of course, the latest that I don't want to take a lot of time to talk about, um, and that is beyond the hundreds of thousands that are being reached with the gospel, we have cared for thousands of refugees. Um, In February of last year, when the war began, two days after all COVID restrictions were lifted, The war began, and they began to stream across the borders into Western Europe from Ukraine by the millions, the hundreds of thousands. And we have ministries in most of the countries along that border, including in Ukraine itself. And uh, we are not professionally trained to give that kind of humanitarian help. But you know what? The love of Christ compels us. We roll up our sleeves and we do what we need to do to show the love of Christ to those who need that desperately. Isn't that right? And so we brought them into our camps. We gave them clean beds. We gave them good meals. We gave them direction. We gave them help to go to the next step on their way or whatever they needed to do. And we shared that there is a God in heaven who loves them, who hasn't forgotten about them. We wrote a track for that purpose, gave out about 10,000 of those in Ukrainian, several thousand in Russian. We saw them come to Christ. We saw people with tears in their eyes. And you know, there's an old song that says, you're the only Jesus some will ever see. And that's true. And we were your hands and your eyes and your ears and your feet during that time to minister to people who are in desperate, desperate need. But you see, God gives open doors of opportunity to take the gospel to those who need to hear it. And by the way, that is not only true in missions in a country. That's true individually. That's true here at this church. That's true in your personal lives. It might be a neighbor. It might be someone at work. It might be someone who opens their heart that we've been praying for in our family. God gives those doors of opportunity. They are his gifts to us that we must use. Now, I have a special privilege today because one of the graduates from one of the 50 countries, country of Myanmar, from our school is here, Atung. That's a God thing. He was coming to raise support. Uh, For the very first time, we were going to be in the same area. I said, hey, how about joining us in a couple places? And they can see a living, breathing guy who was sponsored with scholarships that perhaps you had helped with because you did some of that. So he would come to Bible school, and he's serving the Lord. Atung, would you just take a couple of minutes to introduce yourself and and, uh, say hello? And um, this is what we mean about open doors of opportunity. God did this for this man that He might be where he
2: is today Thank you Alex and th- thank you all of you that uh, I can stand here and share about what' is doing God's doing in my life and as Alex says, my name is Atang and i 'm from originally from Myanmar and moved to Czech Republic as a refugee when I was twelve and I would like to thank you f- to all of you and because of you I am able to stand here and because you are praying even you don't know me and even you don't know a, a lot many students with uh, whom I was study SBI, and they are all wrong and serving the Lord and uh, I grew up in Christian family in Myanmar and the gospel uh, there uh, Missionary from U.S., uh, b- by the way, the guy who brought uh, gospel is uh, Arthur Carson, who was born in uh, Columbus, and he was sent to our country, to our nation as uh, a as, uh, missionary, and he preached the gospel after seven years, uh, one of uh, our na- uh, native uh, converted his faith in Christ and baptized. And I would like to share a little bit more uh, how God brought me to the ministry. And when uh, I was 12, I moved to Czech Republic as a refugee, and uh, I grew up in Czech Republic uh, as a guy who is grow, uh, who needs to grow in his faith. And I cannot go anywhere because there is um, no church that I can attend. And I was asking uh, God, what is the reason that you are bringing me to to Czech Republic? I cannot go to the church. I cannot meet with a believer. In Myanmar, Back, I have church. I have family. I have many friends that I can speak and spend a lot of time and then later I was reading the bible luke chapter eighteen verse uh twenty nine thirty uh, It said uh, whoever left his family brother sister and home the sake the sake the sake of uh, the kingdom of god will uh will receive uh, if yeah will receive uh in next, Next time, much more than now, and is I was like, okay, what now? Should I pack my bag and leave my family? Check here, and I was thinking, and but and then later I just somehow forget this and leave my own life because Myanmar is very poor country and civil war, and we cannot we can't have good education as. Czech, and in Czech we have a lot of uh, very good education and school and everything. And I was focusing on my personal thing to study, and I was studying engineering. And I was like, oh, I want to be uh, good at school and make a lot of money, and then I can help my family and take care of my family back in Myanmar. And because I grew up in poor country and poor family, and my desire is to helpful for my family. And I was playing also soccer. Uh, I, get, I, I got uh, in professional team. Uh, I used to play uh, professional soccer under 19. And this year was the, the year that got uh, changed my mind and my thought, everything. Uh, I was playing and I thought that, okay, now I complete what I want to complete in my life. I was thinking that I will say like this, but uh, it is not happened because is something is still missing in my life, and then this year, uh, Honza called me. Uh, he is uh, our director in uh, World of Life Camp. He was asked me, or oh, can you come to help out with uh, counseling?" The, the keys, And I was telling him, oh, no, I can't because I cannot speak Czech. Well, as I want to, and I cannot share with them the gospel as I wish. And he said, well, we are talking in Czech. And I was like, oh, okay, you got me. <laughs> and then uh, I asked my family, and I go there. And this year, um, one of my camper got saved. And that made me realize that, oh, Wait, even I'm, it's come back in my mind the verse and my prayer uh, like many years ago when I was praying. And then this time I understood that God is using me already in Czech Republic. Even I cannot speak what I want to speak. I cannot share what I want. But God is using for his glory my mouth and my life. And then this year, I make a decision to serve God the rest of my life. And that's why I was asking, okay, now I want I want to study Bible Institute. And I didn't know at this time about World of Life uh, Bible Institute in Hungary. And I was sharing with Honza, and this year was also Alex. And I was sharing, and they said to me, oh, there is Bible Institute in Hungary. And I was studying there two years without paying anything. So... Thank you also, again is uh, because of you. You don't know me, but you give, serving, and supporting World of Life. And I'm one of these uh, guys who study in World of Life and willing to serve in next, uh, next uh, generation. And yeah, so uh, what, maybe later we will see Van. He was also the guy who I was uh, discipling. And, and he is now where God is wanting to be, and he is now in Philippines serving the Lord. And yeah, I would like to uh, ask prayer, and if you can pray for my ministry at the end of the church, I will have my prayer card and bag, and I will stand, and I can give you a thank you.
1: And the story of how he got to the Czech Republic is pretty amazing in all of these ways. But you see, an open door of opportunity happens by God's appointment, doesn't it? What a great illustration of that. And so um, Atang is raising his support at this point to be able to continue full-time serving the Lord as a missionary, particularly in the Czech Republic. A second principle that we find in this passage is that God fits every individual to the opportunity. Paul wrote and he said, a great and effective door is open for me. God equipped Paul to be just the right man in the right place for the right ministry in Ephesus. If you read about it in in Acts chapter 19, in about a two and a half year period, it says, everybody in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. The seven churches that you read about in the beginning of Revelation came out of that ministry. This is my grandfather, my mother's father. One of four grandparents, all four of them were Hungarian immigrants, and I was raised in a Hungarian-American home. So naturally, when the, when the wall came down and that somebody presented the opportunity, I said, for me. But you know what? God has an opportunity that he has prepared you for. And I don't know what that is. It may be vocational Christian service. God may take you to the other side of the world to find it like he did with Atang or might be a pastor in a local church, might be in your youth group. But God has given you gifts and abilities and equipped you for a special open door that he has just for you. Might be a neighbor, might be a family member, might be serving in your local church, might be going to the ends of the earth. But God gives, Open doors to people and he prepares the individual for the open door. A great door and effectual has been opened for me and for me and for you, all of us, all of us, because following Christ is not a spectator sport and it is not a selfie. (laughs) A third principle in this passage is this, open doors of opportunity mean opposition, Open doors of opportunity mean opposition. You see, easier is not always better. Easier is not always better. We often hear, take the easy way. (laughs) Do it the easy way. There's an easier way to get this done. Easier is not always better. Young people, look at me. Look at me. Put your eyes right toward me. Listen to this. It's easier to go to school And get a good degree and make a lot of money and have a nice house and have two cars and an RV and everything else than to become a missionary and live on maybe one-fifth of that and go to a place where you have to learn another language, where you have to learn another culture. That, by the way, English is Atang's third language. Can you imagine that? And say goodbye to family. Parents, now you look at me and listen for a minute and grandparents it's easier to have your kids living in town and down the road and you can cuddle and play with your grandkids than see pictures and do zoom connections from halfway across the world as they grow up but easier is not always better is it these three people all served at word of life hungry they have one thing in common they're all with the Lord and they all died young, and they were all on our team. The lady with the big smile is the wife of our founding director, her name is Lynn Murphy. Lynn was a world-class pianist, vocalist, a wonderful director's wife. They served for the first 15 years that Word of Life Hungry existed directing the ministry. Shortly after she began, she noticed numbness in her hands and other things. She was finally diagnosed with MS. She spent the last two years of her life in bed. Long gone were the days of playing the piano. They left the mission field and all of the rest. Stressful on the mission field. The man on the other side with the coat and tie is Dave James. He was the executive director of our Bible Institute. Came there about the same time as Pam and me in 1992. Had a serious heart attack eventually while he was on the field. And eventually left, came back, continued on in some ministry here. And I went home to be with the Lord about two years ago. Young man. The guy in the middle is the youngest. He was 29 when he went to be with the Lord. He was killed in an auto accident in Budapest. He was the director of our camping ministry and our local church ministry in the early years when Word of Life started. And I want to tell you something. You need to take all of this seriously. Because the greater the victory, the higher the cost. And there is a cost to the things that you've seen and all of these nice stats and all of the rest. There is a cost for standing up for Christ. There is a cost for saying, Lord, here's my life. Whatever you want from me, wherever you want to send me, whatever you want me to do, listen, there is a cost. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the famous uh, German who was a pastor, Um, who was locked up by the Nazis in a concentration camp and died days before the war ended, said this, salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. Salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. (laughs) God, whatever, wherever, Lord, here I am, Cross the street, across the world, at my job, going to Myanmar, whatever it is, here I am, I am available. That kind of availability can cost you everything, and it will. And so we think about that, and we think about the fact that opportunities mean opposition. The final thing that we want to think about today is this. Open doors of opportunity must be taken to be of any use. You ever think about that? An opportunity that is not taken is an opportunity that might as well have never existed. Right? And every opportunity in life is limited. Every opportunity in life is limited. It can be limited by just circumstances. It can be limited by finances. It can be limited by politics. Doors were open at one time in Myanmar, which used to be called Burma. You heard about Atang hearing the message from a missionary. Not many missionaries there now. It can be limited by health it can and will eventually always be limited by death. There is no such thing as unlimited opportunity. And when I came to you in 1990, I said to you, you know, we have this open door. We don't know how long it's going to last because when I came in 1990, there were still Soviet troops in Hungary. We didn't know. And what I said was let's dream together about putting the pedal to the metal, making the most out of this opportunity, doing all we can while we can because we don't know how long we have. And you saw the results, and you'll see the end of that in just a moment. Don't wait. If God's given you an op- open door of opportunity and God has fitted you with the opportunity to use it, do it. Even though there might be opposition, that opposition could come from friends, that opposition could come from your school, that opposition could come from, from political situations, it could come from government officials, it could come from family, it could come from a lot of people. People. But if God has called you and God has given you the open door, do it. He's fitted you. He'll bless you. He'll care for you. Don't be afraid to let go of your kids, parents and grandparents. You're not letting go of them. You're not letting go of them. Do you know what you're doing? You're taking their hand and you're putting them into the hand of Jesus. Is there a better place than that for our kids to be? And when I came here in 1990 and I shared that with you, Marinette the Baptist Church said, we're all in. We want you to go as our representatives, as part of us, to extend the ministry of this church to that part of the world. We agree. Now is the time. Most of you were not here then. How many of you were here when I first came in 1990? Raise your hands. Yeah, there are a few of you. Not many of you were here. You don't remember that. But you see the fruit. And I say to you, what a legacy for a local church to have. I say to you, thank you for seizing the opportunity and saying, yes, let's do it together. Do you realize it's resulted in tens of thousands of changed lives? because you dared to dream and you dared to sacrifice and you dared to say yes. That's why we have to come and say thank you. But listen to me. There were very few hands that were raised this morning of people that were here in 1990. It's a new generation. And you must, in a way that is relevant to this generation, pick up that torch and keep going with it. It's up to you and especially those of you who are young. Be encouraged by what you hear today. Remember it and never forget it and say, we are going to continue to dream. We are going to continue to reach out in our community in Columbus and beyond Columbus. We will continue to be a global Christian that those who have never heard might hear that there is one who loves them unconditionally and gave his life for them and rose for them and they can have new life, a new start through him. And that's what you've been proclaiming over the years, Don't turn back from it. Don't get distracted from it. You keep going. And young people, your life life is before you, man. Who or what are you going to serve? Who or what are you going to say yes to? The gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. Right? There's still that sense of urgency. Don't ever lose it. The doors will always be open. Don't ever forget it. God has equipped you. Rejoice in it. There will be opposition. Move through it. The opportunity is limited. Take it while you have it. Because the gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. As we close today, I would like for you to see a video that we made just for you, um, summarizing the last 30 years, so that you can see some of, the name, some of the names and the faces and the places and the things that God has done through your sacrifice and through your vision and your commitment. And through this we say thank you.